Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. Whoops. Wow. Hey, I tried to... Wow. Get a bottle, a can and a can and a, wow. a can and a can. Okay. I'm Dory. There we go. This. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. This is our excellent adventure. Everything's still excellent. We're having an adventure. <laughs> Good thing that's what we named the podcast. Um, I don't. Did you email me to run the rundown? Yep. I just did. Guys, I'm flying by the pants of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> It should be like Dory Shafrir. It's, it's right there. It's the second email. Second email. There oh, you go. Oh, you only sent it at, at four o'clock. Honey. I just sent it. Oh, you, you had it done for so long. I just sent I it. I just opened up two copies of it. Okay, great. Why? Thank God. Why did I do that? I don't know. Whatever, guys. Uh, what's happening? Um, what a week it's been. You know, Henry's been around. Matt's been around. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, th- I think of it as the baby's been home. <laughs> well, you were gone for a couple days. Yeah, I was gone for 48 hours. Yeah. Almost, no, not even 48 hours, but close to 48 hours. Yep. Uh, Do you feel like you got whatever was God. in your system out of it? Well, you know, it was it was relaxing, certainly. I didn't open my mouth. Like, I talked to nobody. It was kind of amazing. Although I did have a phone call with my manager and my lawyer, and then you. And I talked to the casino host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than those three conversations, I essentially went two days to my by myself. <sighs> Ate twice. Mm-hmm. Once I had some uh, an Auntie Anne pretzel. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I had a breakfast sandwich at the buffet. It doesn't seem like enough food. Oh, it is. When you're fueled by gambling. <laughs> when you're fueled by a Willy Wonka slot machine, you don't need food. There's so much candy on the screen. There's a chocolate river. You sound like you have a gambling problem. Uh, I do, but I solve that problem by <laughs> going to Vegas. <laughs> I don't understand what your problem is. Interesting. Um. But yeah, it was very nice of Dory to let me run away. I came back. And then, yeah, what happened? I don't remember. <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had people over. We had an epic night of trivia at our home. We had people over. Which I don't think we've done. Ever. For, well, we had a Passover Seder. Yes. And we've had, we used to have a Hanukkah party. Yes. Hanukkah Christmas party. But we didn't have it last year. We probably won't have it this year. Well, I mean, we sort of, we sort of had it, you know? But the trivia felt like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the trivia was like about as much energy as I had to have people over for the year. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what Ari's trivia company is called. Isn't it called like Script something? Hang on. I want to give them the props. Everyone had a great time. Uh, I have to type in trivia, actually, and then I'll find it. Yeah, so one of Matt's coworkers there is, we go. is a trivia host on the Super side. Super script trivia. Super script trivia, that's so, it. So, look, this is not even, this is not an ad. I'm just recommending the services of Ari Halpern. You can go to, if you're in the LA area, go to Super scripttrivia.com and uh, have yourself a fucking game night. Ari came over, was the trivia master, and this is no, you know, this is this is no small feat. Like, seven rounds of trivia. Also, pe- then people wanted bonus rounds. We wanted a bonus round. We got two. He gave us a couple bonus rounds. <laughs> uh, people didn't want to leave. Tight, tight scoring all around. It was genuinely a great night. Uh... So if you're in the LA area, you're looking for something to do. He does like uh, he can he can do, you know, corporate event. Like if you're having a holiday party or something, and you want to like spruce it up with some trivs. He is really good. He's great. He said I sit next to him every day for twelve to fourteen hours a day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we fight and uh, we make up. That's beautiful. It is. <laughs> I do really good impressions of Ari. <laughs> Um, but he's great. He's, um, really, uh, 
it's a, it's, I just, we all had fun. Everyone seemed to have the most fun. I got several next day texts thanking me and saying really? how much fun people had. Yeah. I didn't receive any. Oh, interesting. Oh, I wasn't in charge of the inviting. That's true. Um, but we had 14, 15, how many people were here? 14? 14. Uh, we had one, two, three, four teams going at it. Yep. Uh, in a, in a, in a, in a tight battle. Mm-hmm. Some doubling was allowed. Oh, it was great. It was great. It really was. Uh, Ari was set up at the TV. It's like a whole presentational thing. Yeah. He updates the scores for everybody on the screen. And I got to say, he uh, is well worth it. I think uh, if you're looking for something fun to do with a big-ass group of people, look no further than superscripttrivia.com. Hashtag not a paid ad. No, and I'm also not really like a trivia person. Yes. And I had a really good time. Oh, I love, it was like it was. It's like pub trivia, but it was in yeah. our house. Yeah, it was great. We didn't have to go anywhere. It was a great idea, Matt. <laughs> Finally, I had a good idea. You had a great idea, guys. Did you even believe that that was my idea? It was Matt's idea. I bet you didn't. When you heard that fourteen people came over the house, <laughs> you were all like, "This was definitely Dory's." And we idea. provided them with food and drink. Yep, food and bev. <laughs> uh, no, and- but see, it would have to be your idea because. If I wanted to have people over, you'd be like, no. Oh, I'd be like, okay, but I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what Which I Which is say. why you're annoying. I'm the worst. <laughs> I am the worst, but I'll tell you, Ari's the best. So legitimately, if you're ever like thinking, like maybe you have game nights and you're looking to change it up and you're like, oh, you know what? We're always playing Settlers of Catan. What if one week we did trivia? Yeah. Boom. If you're in the LA area. Do you think we're we're going to have regular game nights now? <laughs> it was an ordeal. You know, it's so... I mean, I guess we could do it on Saturdays. Yeah, we could. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see if Ari has another round in him. Another seven rounds. I mean, him. what appeals to me about that is it's always at our house. We don't have to worry about getting a sitter or anything. And we well, still have to yeah, socialize. It was great. Yeah. The only problem was Bo. We had to take Bo to the Chateau. Guys, we almost killed Bo. Which would have been fine, except that we almost killed him. We almost (laughs) killed the love of our life, Beauregard Bosch. He's just sleeping innocently on the couch, not even knowing how close he came to death. Oh, my God. So, Bo went on a hike. Friday morning. Friday morning. It was a a treacherous day, because when I woke up, I came out. To deal with, I had, I I took Henry and because you had gotten up very early to deal with Henry Correct. at like four o'clock or something like yep. that and fed him. Yeah. So then when he was up for kind of realsies, I was like, go, you, you should nap. I'll deal with him. <laughs> Although I believe I said, oh, why is he doing this? No, that was, I didn't was feed that the him. Next I didn't feed him Friday morning. He was, he just woke up and. I didn't go in to get him, but I couldn't fall back asleep. Oh, right. But he did fall back he asleep. He fell back asleep. But then when he woke up, and I had gone to bed at like 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. that night. Yes. Because I'm happened. in my classic, don't have to work, yeah. I'm a teenage boy. Yep. I'm going to play Star Wars all night. You can't stop me. <laughs> no one can stop me, except for some evil inquisitors for the Empire. Um. um so I was really tired, and I, I was like, well, Matt's here. He can take him. So... <laughs> handed him over so i did at 7 30 and but went back on. to sleep this is not what that's not the part of the story i'm telling oh okay sorry that was happening at the time okay go out Excuse there me. go out to the to the living room with henry henry and i are hanging out on the couch for a while 
Finally, 8.30 rolls around, which is Henry's nap time. I put Henry down for a nap. Uh, I then... Uh, Holly comes, and I'm, I don't see Bo come out. And I'm like, that's so weird. He's still sleeping. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about this. <laughs> and I go, and I'm looking around. And then i like, oh, he must be still asleep in the bedroom. And I go in the bedroom, and Bo's not in the bedroom. <laughs> so I think for like a second that like somehow Bo got out of the house and is gone. It was a horrible feeling. And I was like, Dory, where's Bo? And like, he's on a hike. And I'm like, oh, because Mary Jane doesn't take the his regular leash. Yeah, she she takes, takes the long longer leash. leash. Yeah, this confused me the first So the, the regular first time leash was there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, obviously Bo's just, I didn't see him. He must be still sleeping. And I went to go get everybody. Like this is like I think at ten o'clock or something like that. Was that when I did it? Point is, you slept till ten thirty. I did. I thought our dog was missing. Yep. <laughs> and then he came home, happy as can be. Talked to Mary Jane about the hike. He went on the couch, and then, like I don't know, an hour and a half later or so, I just I hear him yelping. I'm thinking it was a whine, like he wanted to go out, and I was like, you just went on a hike, dude. I saw he was limping. So, old man Beauregard must have pulled his paw. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. The dog's hurt. We gotta, I got to go take him to a vet. Like, what are they going to do? Put him in a splint? Like, I'm like thinking in my head of and how they're going to deal with this. And for once, I was the voice of reason and said, why don't we just see how today goes? There's a difference between when it's me personally <laughs> needing to go to a doctor and someone I love, uh-huh. there's a big difference. Okay. I don't love me. Okay. But I don't want anything to happen to you or Henry or Bo. <laughs> so, I... Uh, so you were so kind was, of freaking out. I was out. freaking out about Bo. I was like, so I felt so bad for him. I had to, I, had to li- I carried him into the, onto the couch. I carried him into our bedroom. Uh, he's a heavy dog. He's 80 pounds. It's like if I was carrying four Henrys. Yeah. Um... That would be so fun. (laughs) (laughs) They'd all be biting my nose. Uh, And, okay, so, Dory's like, let's just, maybe we can, maybe he just sprained it. So the day goes by. Like, it clearly wasn't broken. Yes, but he couldn't straighten it when he was laying down. I was so sad for him. And he seemed really uncomfortable. And later in the day, like I guess I saw him like laying down with it straight, and then he started to like get up on the couch by himself. And then like by the time we were going to take him to the to to daycare, we we because you know obviously we're having fourteen people over, we didn't want them to all kill, uh, get killed by Bo. So. We we're going to take him, but then they said, oh, you should, did you give him any aspirin? Well, no, no, no. Here's what happened. Okay. You were like. Well, I said, should we you even. You said, should we even take him to the chateau? Yeah, I didn't want our dog limping around the and chateau. And I was like, you know, he just like lies there all the time, but sure, I'll call them and see. And I called and they didn't pick up. And so I was like, all right, I'll email, email them. Because yeah. they always get back to me right away on email. So I emailed them and she was like, oh, I think like, it sounds like he'll be fine. Did you give him any aspirin? And I said, oh no, should I? And then I didn't wait for her response correct i was like oh well she was kind of implying i should give him aspirin so i go look and i had some low dose aspirin and i had some aleve and i was like well it's probably inflamed i guess we should give him aleve yeah so i give the aleve to matt and he goes and gives it to him and we take him to the chateau and then when i dropped him off 
she was like, oh, he seems better. And I was like, yeah, I gave him some leave. And she was like, oh, I think she's like, that's not, she's like, that's toxic for dogs. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, well, it's probably fine. And then like, she called me five minutes later when I was in the car and she's like, no, it's like really toxic for dogs. And then I Googled it and, and, and every result is like, don't, you're going to kill your dog. Yeah. Every result is like, even in the smallest doses, like you might as well start planning your dog funeral. You dumb shits. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to make him throw up. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> called me. And then I'm like, oh my God, did we kill our dog? Uh, but Bo's so good at throwing up whole food. <laughs> yeah. And then she called me back like 20 minutes later and she was like, I made him throw up. He's really mad at me, but uh, he threw up. And she's like, it was just two pills, right? Two, two yeah. like whitish pills. And I was like, yep. She's like, okay, I see them. Like they're here. <laughs> He, they hadn't like entered his bloodstream no because they were like just like it was probably like a span of like 25 minutes yes. between him having yes. he took on the way out yes. the door and you know he doesn't eat anything unless it has cream cheese in it right so thank god i like mentioned it to her when i got there oh my god yeah also thank god that uh our dog is cool about throwing up <laughs> yeah uh but anyway so it was terrifying. we learned that lesson it was, and then all the night you know the whole night as you know, long-running complaint on the show is we don't have enough space. And then we're going to invite 14 people over for trivia. So I was in a mad dash to try to get the house. Mm-hmm. And it, it, by the way, it didn't feel cramped. No. It we worked. We moved the table outside. We took the dining, I took the dining room table outside. Dory and I moved that outside. Uh, in fact, one of our guests said he wished there had been more time for socializing before the trivia began. I agree. but But I will say that by the end of trivia... Because it was literally, the house was full of parents of small children. Yes, everyone was like ready to We leave. were all so exhausted. Yes, no, I agree. And everyone had to like get home to sitters. Yeah. Which is what I said. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but we should, I agree. We should have. Yeah. Who said that? I'll tell you later. Oh boy, it's a mystery wrapped inside <laughs> an enigma. Um, I mean, next time maybe we start at seven. I don't know. Well, if we did it on a Saturday, I'd feel fine about starting at six. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on a Friday. Yeah, you can't really start at six. Yeah, no, it's impossible. Yeah. So maybe the next time we do trivia. Oh. That's our son. I just heard Henry. (laughs) Um, But I I would say. Oh, also, Henry slept the whole time. Of course he did. He did not make a peep. He's a sleepy baby who has a white noise machine. I did love that people were asking where he was. I was like, he's asleep. (laughs) What do you think we are? Some kind of crazy. He's at the chateau. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I guess for people who have like parents here, they could like leave the kid with their parents if they have a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't. Are you throwing shade at people with parents here? No, I'm I'm boy, throwing boy. envy. Uh, yeah, I agree with that envy, by the way. I, I think uh, I, I wish we had parents closer. My parents were in town. Yep. Oh, my God. That already happened. Yeah. I guess they, that was happening while we recorded last time. Yeah. 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 They stayed for two more days. Yeah. Uh, you know, I give the visit high marks. Yeah, it was fun. You know, they were, they were, they were, uh, they got to hang out with the baby. I think they had a good time. My dad got to help me organize the shed. <laughs> it's like both of your dreams. My mother got to read Henry's bedtime story every night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was good. 
Thank God the Airbnb is so close to our house. Very convenient. Very convenient. Incredibly convenient. Yep. The most convenient, I would say. Glad I found it. You did, and then you refound it when mm-hmm. I could not find it. Yep. So look, let's summarize the week. Vegas was relaxing. Dory let me go. Great job, Dory. Trivia night. Big hit. Ari was great. Hire him. Superscript trivia. Look it up. If you're in LA, he'll come to your house or place of work or function hall and get shit going. Uh, Bo almost died but didn't. (laughs) Henry's sleeping like an asshole occasionally. Skipped his entire nap yesterday and then he got thrown into a cycle of I'm Henry and I am not going to do whatever you want me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, that's that's a, I think that's a nice little summary of the week. Yeah. I mean, it was my fault that he skipped his nap yesterday. No one said anything. I'm saying it. I want to take responsibility. Dory took Henry out on the town. I took him out to lunch. And then... And stayed too long. And then he fell asleep in the car. And instead of doing what I thought about doing but didn't do, which was, which drive, was around drive around for another half hour. Would have been nice. Yeah. I should have just done that. I instead was like, oh, we'll go home. Maybe he'll fall. He'll like, we'll be able to transfer him to his crib. Uh, by the way, has it, uh, how many times have we, have we successfully been able to transfer I was to his able crib? to do it when he was littler. <laughs> I did it a few times. Yeah, but it seems like nowadays. But now, and once he wakes up from his nap, he doesn't go back to sleep. Yeah, because he wants to hang out. Yeah. So learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we spent like another hour trying to get him to go down. He Dory didn't. fell asleep in his room at some point. That was before bedtime. Then he finally, I took him to the park. Then we came back and he went down for a nap at like 4.15 and slept for an hour and he would have kept sleeping, but I woke him up and then he was mad. Oh, and also I was watching a Disney Plus Imagineering special. And started to cry. I started crying. (laughs) Because that's what I do now. I cry at everything, even car commercials. But it was about Roy getting a Disney World finished for Walt. And uh, the whole thing's like other such, you know, Roy always took care of Walt and had felt like he had to take care of Walt and get, he was like the businessman and, you know, Walt was the, you know, guy with the ideas and if Walt wanted to do something, Roy would figure out a way to get it done so that Walt could have it. And, they, you know, they loved each other so much and I just started crying because Henry doesn't have a brother. That was, that was my morning. Then Henry started crying. Well, yes. He was just <laughs> shocked by what my face was doing. <laughs> Um, and then I got sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sad now thinking about it. Henry's not going to have a, a Roy. Should we get him a Roy? No. <laughs> Why? Because you want a house. I can't have both. No, unless we both hit the lottery, or our patrons jump up eighty five thousand <laughs> percent. Patreon dot com forward slash excellent adventure. Um. Oh, yeah, I want him to have a sibling. You know, I do and I don't. Like, he's very manageable as one person. Yeah. I mean, four Henrys, again, would be a lot. I didn't say four. Well, that's how many, that's how much he would weigh if, you know. <laughs> one bow is one four Henrys. One bow is four Henrys. Um, yeah, anyway, so that was our week, everybody. Congratulations to us. Yeah. We had a week. We sure did. Hope you all had lovely weeks. And uh, we'll be right back.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everyone. We're, we returned. Um, I we just got a good cry out. We did. I, I want to remind everyone that you can email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail and Matt and Dory Gmail. And you can call us at 413-461-BABY and leave us a voicemail that we may play on the show. Uh, that's true. Yep. That's true. Um, and I'm actually going to kick things off with a voicemail. Kicking it off with a voicemail. New jingle. Hi, this is Alina again, the person who called too many times last week. <laughs> uh, but for the Century City Mall, your best bet when, um, especially on a Saturday, because it's always chaos, 
uh, is to go to the Italy Tower parking. That's typically where we tend to find. That's what uh, we did. We did that first. That parking structure. We did that first. I'm a, I go to that Equinox. Selena. Selena. So I went to that Equinox. And then there's, you know, worst case scenario, there are, there's valley parking spots around the perimeter of the mall. I know. All right. Good luck next time you head there. Selena, I appreciate your advice. And I respect it. And you're correct. That is usually the best bet. But, oh, boy, all bets were off. It was off. Because they were popping off at good old Century City. And they didn't even have a tree lighting ceremony. It was just a regular old Saturday night. Ugh. These Century City people. (laughs) All right. A town of, 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 I don't even know who lives there. Uh, thank you, Selena. It's a businessy area. I guess if we had really wanted to go to the mall, we would have valeted. But I think we realized it was so yeah, crowded. Yeah, but also, like you saw, the valet was stacked. There was like five cars at and the also, front if, valet. If the mall is so crowded that you have to valet, I don't want to be in it. I don't want to be in it. So, yeah. So we left. Yeah. All right. Here's another voicemail. Hey, Matt and Dory, Henry and Bo. It's Mackenzie calling in from Minneapolis. Um, might recognize my name because I was living in San Francisco and um, you did introduce me to another one of your listeners who um, kind of in a romantic way, uh, we ended up talking and ended up not going anywhere and then I uh, moved back to Minneapolis. Anyways, I just had to pause pod because I was loving the account of your, uh, your dinner and it just kind of sounded like a dream to me to... Uh, over here, <laughs> ridiculous oh, conversation. And I'm wondering, could that be an idea for a show? Or do you think you were being punked? Um, maybe like a dinner mystery type situation, uh, where, where you have to figure out how everyone knows each other and you get to, uh, piece together a bunch of random details like, like you two did. Uh, my other thing I'm calling in to say is I'm just so happy that we, uh, we get to hear about Henry and you to have him in your life. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really jealous of over here in such interesting <laughs> conversations. Um, we don't, we don't get that in Minneapolis. And I bet you would. Oh, you... last thing. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago someone called in about biking in Minneapolis and how it really is great. Um, uh, but we didn't get to hear the whole the whole voicemail. So um, please come to Minneapolis. Uh, we'd love to host you. And I'm also an organizer of the Fort Trevor 35 group here. So whoop, whoop. come and visit. We'll uh, we'll host a couple live shows. Okay. Thank you. Bye. I've been to Minneapolis like I don't know four times. I've never been. I love it. I've heard it's great. It is a great city. Should we move there? No. Okay. It's too cold. All right. Um. But uh, yeah, that, you know, it was it was interesting getting so many chunks of information out of these people as the night wore on. It sort of makes me think about like, what do I talk about at dinner? Would people figure out my relationships with people? Uh, and uh, they were. I don't. I, that'd be a hard show to produce because you'd have to have so many. You'd have to have such weird people that are connected. Totally. You, I wish you could all have seen these people. <laughs> I think I described them all pretty well, but it was crazy. Um, Ruben in Boston also said, uh, I would love to hear you guys do a podcast where you do nothing but share overheard conversations from LA restaurants that well-off people frequent. 
<laughs> well, you know, we were unlucky slash lucky that we were in a sec. You know, essentially this like had this like half train car sized extension to the restaurant that was like with these bay with these windows, and we were it was just us in that section, this crazy table and us. Yeah, we couldn't hear any so other we conversations. Literally, could only hear them. Yeah. And they had to have heard us here and there, but but we weren't saying that much because know. we were All just we were listening, to, their listening to them. All right, Oh, Pete, private, uh, private pilot, Pete. Renita also wanted to weigh in yes. about this topic. She said, regarding overheard in L.A., we boomers aren't all bad. I, look. Hashtag not all boomers. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Number one, voted for Obama and even donated money both times. Two, FDR was a great president. <laughs> Three, I prefer to not think about anyone in the White House or anyone anywhere having sex, so don't really care about anything related to that. Hashtag Pete 2020. <laughs> Buttigieg coming in with uh, some Iowa uh, strong polling there. Interesting. And she also uh, says, Happy Thanksgiving to all, Boomer Renita. P.S. My husband, Kat, and I just moved from a four-bedroom, 2,100-square-foot home in the Chicago suburbs uh-huh. to a two-bedroom, 1,200-square-foot apartment in Chicago. And love all the pictures of Henry. He's adorable. Oh, that was a that was a downsize. Almost half the size. Yeah. I just do it. It's pretty great. Uh, um so yeah and thank you for saying henry's adorable because he is he's so cute um all right we heard from many people about tubes the tube single went out last week tubes 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 (laughs) like shoes yeah we did that that was on our (laughs) patreon episode (laughs) tubes (laughs) tubes i want to tie tubes Um, someone called in last week asking about getting pregnant if you have one or no tubes, and we heard from lots of people. So um, I'm going to play a voicemail first. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Wilkie. formerly Wilkie, now Tiberski from Lowell. And um, I have been listening to the podcast, and I just wanted to say a special hi to Matt. Hi, Sarah. Um, since I started my IVF journey, I'm super appreciative of everything that you guys have done and the legacy you left for me to start listening to so many this past summer. Um, I'm caught up. And I wanted to she answer the tube signal. Um, I had hydrostyle pinks or a blocked left fallopian tube. And you can get pregnant with one tube. Um, I did twice and unfortunately miscarried both of those pregnancies. My RE believed that it was possibly because of the fluid leaking into my uterus and causing a toxic situation in there. My OBGYN disagreed, but they both agreed that my left fallopian tube should be removed. So I went ahead and I had that procedure done. Um, and then after that, oh, decided to continue with IVF instead of trying for another spontaneous pregnancy because my second pregnancy that I lost, they weren't sure if it was ectopic or not on uh-huh. the right side, which was my open tube. So I became very wary of my fallopian tubes in general, and I started uh, IVF. I just completed my full first round and had a natural FET, and I had my seven-week ultrasound yesterday. Oh, my God. And the baby is good so far. I'm um, super nervous, but really excited. 
but I just wanted to comment and answer, at least with my experience, the tube signal and say hi and thank you guys so much again for your story and your humor. It has helped me through so much. Um, and it just really let me know I'm not alone. So have a good one. Oh, Sarah, that was very, very sweet of you to write in. I was actually, you know, I had this, uh, I think I might have a photo of Sarah and I. We walked down the aisle at John's wedding together. Oh. Uh, John McDonough. You guys have heard of him. John Wilkie, uh, her brother. We were, Sarah's mother was the person that got us the red socks oh my goodness so when i'm when i wear it when i wear the socks for luck at a sporting event like i did to the world series in 2018 that was sarah's mother you know we should have told everyone that john mcdonough has a podcast (laughs) john mcdonough has a podcast what's it about it's about Disney. Shouldn't this be in the Disney section of the show? Yeah, but I, I feel like I was going to forget, and we haven't mentioned it. Well, now we're mentioning and it. And it was kind of rude of us not to mention it, to be honest. I mean, he didn't specifically ask for a plug. Yeah, but... I mean, neither did Ari, but Does we, he have to ask yes, for a plug? Yes, John, I need your written plug. <laughs> There's a promo code. I need to know what it is. Um, what's it? Is it called Tomorrowland? Is that the name of his show? That's the thing. I don't remember. Hmm. Can try find Tomorrow it. dudes. <laughs> what is Tomorrow it? Tomorrow dudes. <laughs> uh, hmm. John and Kevin Zips. Uh, only one of those people uh, did IVF. John is not one of them. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Tomorrowland Cowboys. There you go. Yeehaw. <laughs> Tomorrowland Cowboys. I knew it was Tomorrowland something. If you want to hear a couple of people talk about Disney rides, which is essentially how I spend almost all my free time watching YouTube, then head on over, check out the Tomorrowland Cowboys. They just uh, they just got back from a Disney trip. These guys always tripping up at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Sarah, let us know how that. Uh, I mean, I can also just ask off the air. <laughs> Yeah, you can. Um, we'll be thinking of you. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Seven weeks on. Yeah. Go forward. Um, all right. And so, the tube signal. I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. A, quite a, quite a, quite a, uh, what would you call it? A multitasking voicemail. Yes. A lot happening in that voicemail. Um, okay. Jackie said... I, too, had a ruptured appendix seven years ago for me that has forever changed my life. The infection from my ruptured appendix blocked both of my tubes and cut off the blood supply to one of my ovaries. I went to three different REs in the San Diego area for consults, and they all told me the same thing. Your tubes must come out before we do an embryo transfer. In fact, all three reputable doctors refused to even do a transfer until the tubes were removed. Let me be clear. Both my tubes were blocked by scar tissue caused from the infection. My left tube also had fluid buildup. The fluid buildup called hydrosalpinx will either prevent an embryo from implanting or cause a miscarriage down the road. That's what Sarah was just mm-hmm. referencing. If you do not, if you not, if you do not have the fluid buildup, you may not have this issue of the implanting. But from your email, I believe you may, since your doctor mentioned that it would prevent implantation. All three REs told me there was a ninety-nine percent chance of no implantation or miscarriage. As far as twenty weeks down the road, aka the fluid will eventually kill the embryo, but there is always the one percent miracle. I was devastated to say the least. 
to take out your tubes before you even had a chance to conceive on your own or ever in the future is hard. It shattered me and put me in therapy. The decision to take out my tubes was not taken lightly, but I knew it needed to happen in order to possibly have a baby of our own. I will also say I first had a surgery in an attempt to correct and remove all scar tissue and fluid. I wasn't willing to at least try and give up completely. I had the surgery and it wasn't successful. The doctor told me to be cautiously optimistic, but it hardly ever works that the scar tissue doesn't come back, doesn't form back over and the fluid builds back up. But nonetheless, I had to at least try. It wasn't successful and then scheduled another surgery to remove both tubes. I broke down at my pre-op appointment for my tubal removal. I cried the morning of my surgery and all the way to the hospital. My great surgeon kept reminding me, this is your best and quickest chance at a pregnancy. Try to remember that. Words I still tell myself to this day. Please do not transfer a precious embryo if you have a diagnosis of hydrosalpinks or fluid buildup in tube. I repeat, do not transfer. I hope you consult an RE and possibly a second RE. Or if you are like me and like lots of doctoral opinions, three, it's such a hard and permanent decision. I just needed to be sure. We have since done two rounds of IVF, only have one ovary due to infection from ruptured appendix. So my two rounds pretty much equals someone's one round. We have four normal embryos that we will attempt to transfer next year. I wish you luck in your journey. Owen, as Dory always mentions, there's great info about this topic in the Facebook group. Sincerely, Jackie, a husband and a Siberian Husky, 960 square foot house along the coast in Carlsbad, California. Did, oh, I see. She, they, it wasn't being signed a husband and Siberian Husky. No. Like she was saying. She just went she right into with, the... Yeah. I thought that a Siberian Husky Wrote had that married a human mm. and been able to type with his paws. Wow. I feel your pain on small houses and no storage. And where will we put a baby in such a small house, you ask? No idea. I think my husband may have to move into the garage. P.S. Is anyone worried about Lex? Just me? Haven't heard from him. Maybe we need to send out the Lex signal. I I think we just did. Lex. Lex. If you're out there, which I'm sure you are, let us know. Yeah, please. Um, All right. So, yeah. So we heard from couple more people about this. Uh, I'm just going to read one more from Grace. And uh, she says that she wrote in before about getting pregnant naturally with only one fallopian tube. I thought I'd give Emily a little more detail and some encouragement. My husband and I had an IVF cycle done this January, did a fresh transfer that resulted in an ectopic pregnancy in my left fallopian tube. When the tube burst, I had an emergency surgery and removed the left tube. Then I got pregnant naturally three months after the surgery and here's the wild part of the story. I ovulated from my left ovary that cycle, the one side with no tube. I know this because I was doing a baseline monitoring cycle to get ready for the frozen transfer we had planned. My RE said that my right tube must have just caught the egg that was released from the left ovary. It shocked me. I knew that you could get pregnant with just one tube, but I didn't know you could get pregnant with one tube on the opposite side of your ovulating ovary. I'm currently 24 weeks pregnant, 25 by the time this podcast airs. I'm not saying that this will happen to everyone, but it does happen. I know it is hard coming to terms with losing one tube, especially when you don't know what your future holds. I want to wish Emily all the best and definitely talk to your doctor about all your concerns. Best, Grace. I found, I found, I found us. Oh. Walking down the aisle at the Immaculate Conception Church in Lowell, Massachusetts on John's anniversary. That's right. One of the Tomorrowland Cowboys. Uh, all right. Um, Whoa. Hey, guess what? What? BRB. We got to take a break. Okay. Be your back, everyone. We did it. We're back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Congratulations. Um, all right. Remember we were talking about septum surgeries and you were like, what is, what's the 10? What's the 10 units of measurement? Yes. Someone has an answer for us. CCs. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Rachel. I was calling to follow up on the woman who was nervous about getting her uterine septum removed and the woman who followed up with that on the 10-something units of measurement. Uh, she was close. It is 10 millimeters or less, which is what they're looking for. There's actually something that's considered a normal variation of kind of uterine septumhood. It's called an arcuate uterus, where there's just that little indentation at the top. And that's considered anything that's under 10 millimeters. So when my septum was cut out, uh, they left, I think, about 7 millimeters. That's what showed up on the post-op imaging. And my REI said, you know, that's totally fine. It's normal. We don't want to get too close to, like, the actual lining of the uterus. Um, so if you have any problems, we can go back and take out more, but like you should be good to go. Uh, so that's the unit of measurement that they're usually looking for with the septum uh, and how much they're taking out. Thanks so much. You guys are great. Uh, have a good rest of your day. I love it. Cool. Uh, clarification. Love a clarification. Thank you for the clarification. Although she said REI. Does she mean Recreational Equipment Incorporated? Or does she mean a reproductive endocrine? I think she means reproductive. Is there an I? Uh, I don't know. I'm just confused. If someone can specify. <laughs> okay. Um, Folks. We, uh, we got another clarification. I love clarifying. From Kim, who said, I had to pause the pod and follow up on the call regarding New York IVF coverage. Okay. Starting January 1st, all large group insurance companies are mandated to cover three rounds of IVF in New York. It's not just for state employees. Oh, wow. A round can be either a retrieval or FET. They're counted as the same despite the cost difference. You would have to use all embryos before another retrieval would be allowed. Okay. I went to the Capitol in February 2019 with Resolve, the National Infertility Association, to advocate for the bill to require this mandate and was so excited when it passed. I was 39 weeks pregnant at the time with our science baby, Jack, who was born three days later. I'm fortunate enough to have coverage for treatments prior to this bill passing as my employer is based in Massachusetts, which already has an IVF mandate, but felt compelled to advocate for my fellow New Yorkers who may not be able to afford treatments otherwise or may have been unable to attend Advocacy Day to participate. Nice. Thank you for keeping up the pod. I love hearing about all the experiences you guys are going through since I feel like much of it is mirroring our life with a science baby. Love to you all. Kim, California is really way behind on this. Well, we're also a giant state. So? We pass a lot of other shit. The costs are, you know, I'm just saying. What? Look how much gas already costs here. I don't buy it. You want me to pay more for gas so that people can have babies? Sure, I'll do it. (laughs) Let me know. Okay. Um, Thank you, Kim, for that clarification. Uh, We have an email here from Anonymous. Do, 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 do. 
has a question. Oh, boy. I hope it's about Forever 35 and whether or not I'm going to appear. He says, my wife and I have recently had a science baby, unexplained infertility. He is four weeks old. However, my wife had a lot of complications in the final trimester. My baby was diagnosed with IUGR, growth restricted. From then onwards, weekly monitoring was done. At week 36, she was diagnosed with preeclampsia. At that time, we were admitted to hospital and planned induction at week 37. During labor slash induction procedure, my wife got eclampsia and an emergency C-section was performed. My wife, my wife lost a lot of blood after the surgery and was moved to ICU. They did a few things to stop blood loss. One, put a balloon in uterus temporarily. Two, do uterine artery embolization. This finally helped blood loss. She's now finally recovering. The baby is doing fine, although he's weighing a bit lower. We have four PGS-tested embryos still left. I had a few questions regarding our future chance of second pregnancy. Mm -hmm. One, does artificial cycle frozen embryo transfer increase risk of preeclampsia? Should I consider a natural FET for my future pregnancy? Two, our OB has indicated that due to eclampsia, she'll be high risk for second pregnancy and might need very careful monitoring if and when we plan for a second child. Can you check with listeners if they had any success or experience after diagnosed with preeclampsia slash eclampsia in first pregnancy? Three, Although the OB indicated the procedure, uterine artery embolization should not affect fertility. I've read conflicting reports on this. Do any of the listeners have any more info on this? We've always wanted to have two kids. We want to evaluate if planning for the second kid might be too, I think there's a missing word here, might be too much considering eclampsia and uterus artery embolization. Will you be able to send signals related to this? Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, signals are out. Signals are out. But but also, guys, our face group. Is grouping away out there. Yep. And they can have signals returned very quickly. Any time of day. But can I just say one thing? Yeah. Your 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 baby's four weeks old. Yes. Your wife is still recovering. Yes. I think set this aside for now. Set what aside? Thinking about this. That's you, honey. Sorry. My, my computer does not make that noise. Why did that happen? I don't know. I my notifications You got Skype on? No, it's like my calendar. Oh, why that's exciting. That. What event is coming up? Change the AC filter. I already did it. Yeah, that's like... The, the two later, but yeah. I did it. I did it last week. Um, also because my parents were here. So... I I think just... Focus on your wife and your baby right now. And yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's the time to be worrying about the second kid yet. That's that's just my feeling. Uh, I gotta back you up on that. Okay, thank it you. It is certainly not the time to be worrying about that. But if you want to casually seek out answers on your own without telling your wife, I would strongly caution against bringing this up with your wife. Same. That is literally my advice. You can think about it quietly to yourself. <laughs> Don't bring it up to your wife. Right now, what your wife needs is any help you can give her that is not in regards to having a second child. After she almost died yes. giving birth to your first. Um, and that's not to uh, make light of the situation. Um, but I think, you know, I think you're, you're, I get it. Your brain jumps all over the place. You yeah. know, if you're like yeah. part of your brain's yeah. going there yeah. and you don't know who to write to yeah. and you write to us, Okay. Don't write to your wife about it, <laughs> but we'll happily uh, field answers from people, but we will strongly caution you 
against bringing this up with your wife? Unless she is making you ask this question. And if and she... And if she is, you should be like, honey, yeah, <laughs> slow your roll. Yeah. Let's ease into life again. Yeah. Let's make sure everybody's better. And uh, Matt and Dory are on the case. Yep. Thank you for your email, Anonymous. Do, 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 do. Um, okay, so this is from Scott. Matt, this is for you. Ah, uh, it's me. Matt. Yes, Scott. Have your ultrasound. Oh, no. And if needed, have your gallbladder removed. I had mine removed 15 years ago. How do you feel about it? I know you thought it would require a dietary change afterwards. That is not true. Well, I, should, I need one anyway. I was never told to avoid anything. That being said, yes, if I eat a super fatty meal, there may be a, let's see how to put this, not a gastronomical emergency, but it may be diarrhea. Oh. But I have been listening to you since the Nerdist, and you would oh, ignore look. blood, so blood. you will be fine. Yeah, I would ignore blood all the time. What does that mean? I uh, occasionally would find blood in my stool, and I ignored it, and I was fine. Hi. I wish you all could see my face right now. It is. She's the most attractive woman she's ever been. <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of questionable me on on the Nerdist old Nerdist podcast. I was young. What was the guy? You know, 2010. We started that thing. It's nine years ago. Here we are. Chris is still doing it. Jonah's off on Jonah Radio. I'm over here talking to my wife about my poop. <laughs> I think only one of us. Bo's leaving. <laughs> <I think> only, <laughs> only one of us is winning here, and it's not me. <laughs> um, all right. Scott says the side effects far outweigh the pain of a gallbladder attack. Well... That is painful. And he's in 1,300 square feet with six cats, a five-foot, three-inch wife, and a six-foot, four-inch me in Tulsa. That's so many inches of people. And so and many cats. cats. How how tall are your cats? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right. A voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Gabby from Philadelphia, uh, multiple caller, emailer listen since the start i just wanted to weigh in my unsolicited advice on one tiny thing um gallbladders and generators have the same yeah i guess rule of thumb basically you don't want to wait until it's an emergency um that's probably true for a lot more things but if you wait until a huge state of emergency in your area every lowe's every home depot you know, every target is going to be, you know, totally out of generators. People are going to be selling them on Facebook Marketplace for some absurd amount of money. Oh, should and we go buy gallbladders, extra If you generators? get it taken care of proactively, it's going to be a quick surgery. It's going to be like a one, two-day recovery kind of thing. At least it was for me. But if you wait until it's urgent, it could, you know, could become necrotic. It could be really bad. You'd have to have an open abdominal surgery, much like a C-section that takes weeks to recover from. Sorry, I'm walking up steps. <laughs> so anyway, just wanted to tell you um, about that because you're super proactive, awesome people. So hi to Baby Hank and um, to Baby Bo. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm inert. <laughs> I was going to say, that is not proactive. Well, I am about some things. Some things. Randomly. Not about your health. Oh, certainly not. No, no, no. 
this temple, it's going to be around forever. Like, defying all laws of physics. This shouldn't be standing still, but it is. They used balsa wood as the foundation. Hi, um, architect. We have been talking about getting a generator. Yes, we have. We've talked about it on the show, I believe. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a great analogy. Yeah. I mean, you can order a generator right now at generators.net. What? I don't know. .edu? Use the promo code Jenny. Weird. Um, all right. I'm going to play another voicemail. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Julie in Michigan. Um, I had to pause the pod to call. I'm actually way behind. I'm on episode 244 where Dory goes to the beach. Oh, and, and someone got stung by a stingray. And oh, yeah. Matt had the advice to pee on it. That's for jellyfish. Um, that's actually a common misconception. I uh, got stung by a stingray on my honeymoon in Costa Rica. And, and <laughs> I did not know what to do. Um, my husband did suggest peeing on it. And I <laughs> thought that was disgusting and said, no way. You're right. Just um, I ended up doing nothing. And it was super painful. Uh when I got back to the hotel later, I Googled it, and it turns out that stingray venom is protein-based, and so the best way to relieve the pain and break down the venom is actually with heat that denatures the protein. So um, for anyone out there who is unfortunate enough to get stung by a stingray, you can um, hopefully seek medical attention, but... uh, Otherwise, you can apply heat to the area, maybe submerge your foot in hot water, etc. Um, so, just a little bit of advice that I wish. That's the kind I of thing, by the way. Nobody ever needs. This that's um, someone's gonna hear this. Thanks for everything you do for. And someone's gonna go. Oh my god! Bye. This was exactly what they were talking about on the podcast I was listening to about IVF. For some reason, someone called in about stingrays, and I know exactly what to do. We're here for you. <laughs> I, you know, if anyone wants to call in with that kind of a factoid, I'm all for it. Same. I love those factoids. All right. Daniela mm-hmm. says, it is my first year hosting Thanksgiving. And I was wondering if you could pass along Matt's turkey recipe with the alterations he makes to the test kitchen recipe. This is every year we get this question. Yes. And I was not prepared for this. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, we could take a break while I prepare for it, or okay, you could t- you could vamp. All right, I-, I will vamp. You know what? We actually got we got a voicemail about Thanksgiving. From Bridget? No, because someone wrote in last week because she was sad that she would be spending Thanksgiving alone. With oh, her we gave and her we baby. tried to give them a lot of ideas. Yes, and, I- and we actually got some feedback from listeners. So I'll play that while you look for the recipe. Okay. Hey guys, I'm calling in. I stopped the pod to call in um, and respond to Ashley who emailed in about being away from family on Thanksgiving. Uh, both my husband and I, our family are on the East Coast and we are in Seattle. Um, and on top of that, my husband works a job where in the winter he can't really get more than two or three days off in a row. Um, and he also has to work some holidays. So before kids, 
that meant I would either go by myself and then leave him home by himself or some days or some years um, he would be working and I would spend the day either with friends or, I mean, one Christmas day I drank wine and watched Christmas movies all day and it was great. Um, but I just wanted to um, kind of back Matt up on his advice that we've really, ever since we've had kids, uh, we've really just started our our own traditions. We found some friends here that we will have Thanksgiving with, and sometimes it's on Thanksgiving, sometimes it's the day after, um, sometimes it's a turkey breast instead of a full turkey. Um, so it's really just adapting to to the new reality. And I'd also just want to stress that just really try not to focus on the fact that you're not with your family, because um, that can just really be a big downer. I remember the first Christmas I was away, Christmas Eve, I, I was very upset. Um, but just changing your mindset a little bit and focus on the advantages of what you can do. Like if I was visiting my family, I wouldn't be able to drink wine and watch Christmas movies all day. Um, so just trying to find the, the advantages that you have and start these new traditions with, with your kids. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to second what Matt said and, and just um, offer support and know that you're not alone. And, um, yeah, you can you can make it and you can have just as fun of a Thanksgiving, if not more fun, depending on your family. Um, yeah. Thanks. Bye. Love that. Um, and this is from Laura, who says, my boyfriend and I live in Minnesota, about 1400 miles away from my family who live in Florida. His family is divorced, which causes more stress to split our day into two houses. So we prefer to have a whole day at home. The first year we spent Thanksgiving together, I made my first turkey ever, and it was very fun to do. I put my cooking skills to the test. It was bomb. The second year, it it was my boyfriend and me, plus a two-month-old child, so my boyfriend had to cook, making it his first time cooking a turkey as well. Last year, we had our food early because I had to work Black Friday, which now starts on, th- on Thursdays for most retail places. By the time I got home, I was pumped, so I put up our Christmas tree. Putting up the tree a whole month before made me really happy because who doesn't like Christmas lights in a tree when they are on when they are home? So we are doing that this year as well as our new tradition. For feeling homesick, I just remind myself that I will be seeing my family later on in the year and I will enjoy every second I spend with them. A little tip, get the smallest turkey you can find. That way you don't have 10 pounds of leftovers. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, okay. And we also... I'm just trying to see if this is the actual recipe I make because I can't search by. I just have to look at the, see what the brine situation is here, guys. This is, oh yeah, this is the one. Hey, Bridget's going to town on this turkey. Sure. It's going to mix with the salt and then the salt is actually going to go back down through the meat. But the key is we want to find a way to get the salt all the way through. Now, you don't want to just salt right on the outside of this turkey. No, you don't. You want to get it in direct contact with the meat. That's right. you got to go under so the skin, So we just need guys. to loosen the skin and separate it from the meat. So I'm going to start with the breast here. Okay, just loosen is, it with my thumb. This is now gross to me. What? Why is this now gross to you? Because I'm a vegetarian. <sighs> Yet she counted herself among those who would be enjoying the turkey. I don't know what to say about that. I, I didn't mean to. Uh... Okay, so why don't you tell everyone what the recipe is? Well, actually, is this the right one? Oh, boy. Every year, you guys. Every year. Separate the turkey skin from the meat on the breast and thighs. Avoid breaking the skin. That's correct. Yeah. So it says now, 
Uh, rub two tablespoons of salt evenly in each cavity. So you want to get it on the breast, you want to get it on the, the, the thighs, uh, and one and a half spoons under the skin of each leg. Wait, what? Okay, one tablespoon of salt under each breast, half. One and a half tablespoons under each leg, and two tablespoons inside the cavity of the turkey. Mm. You rub it all in there, and then what you do is you wrap it tightly in plastic wrap after you've done this and refrigerate it for 24 to 48 hours. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Then you uh, remove the turkey from the fridge, rinse off the excess salt between the meat and in the cavity, and then you pat dry the insides with a paper towel. Uh, Although this one has ice, which the one I usually do doesn't have ice involved in it. Hmm, let me see. So essentially that's my dry brine, what I just told you all. That is exactly how I brine it, which makes for what is uh, commonly referred to as the best turkey I've ever had from everybody. Whoever eats it, you're welcome. Don't thank me, thank Bridget. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to try to find it, guys, the exact recipe. Every year I do this. Every year, I lose the recipe, and I go, I'll have to remember to save this. Oh, man. I think it's this one. Is it this episode? I just got to do it. Oh, it's so loud. Sorry, guys. That's the start of Cook's Country, which I don't think is on anymore. Ever since uh, good old Kimball. Because, once again, we're just going to use this cheesecloth as insulation. Not really looking for the flavor to come from here. Right under the neck. All right. We looked for different ways to add flavor as well. Underneath the cheesecloth, we tried all sorts of things. We knew that melted butter wouldn't work because it just ran off. So we also tried cold butter underneath. And it's still, after, you know, 20 minutes, Bridget loves it butter. started to run off again. We started looking for fats that took longer to melt and therefore baste them. Oh, is this the pork and belly? Of course, our knee-jerk response was bacon. Bacon makes everything. This is so this is my recipe, everybody. Wrapped it all over the turkey, and it tasted great, but it was too smoked. It tastes like smoked turkey, and it wasn't. No, so you needed to get. So we were looking for a similar product. Ready? That didn't have that this is the hardest thing to find every year, profile. by the way. What we found worked great was salt pork. Salt it's pork. Like bacon. It's salted, but yeah. it's not smoked. But it's not smoked. So, guys, this is this is this is it. This is the recipe. Um, how do I, how do I get the, I can't even find the recipe. Oh, this website. Oh, come on. Guys, it's from season, I don't even know. Someone help. Every year, every year. Let me save this, I guess. This is from some episode. I cut this in a quarter inch. This is called Fail Safe Thanksgiving. Okay, this clip on America's Test Kitchen website where you're going to, they're doing taste tests on, on dinner rolls. And uh, 
Then they're making some sort of mashed potato situation. I don't like a garlic mashed potato. I like a regular mash. <sighs> Why can't I see the recipe? Anyway. Season two. So it's season two of Cook's Country. Okay, everybody. Episode one. Episode 13. Season two, episode 13 of Cook's Country. Okay. Tori, why aren't you saying any words? I'm very, I'm very like panicky here. I, I'm panicking because I can't find this thing. I'm panicked and I don't like it. Okay, like, okay. What if I have a panic attack about this fucking turkey? Oh, okay. Don't have a panic attack. You're not helping. It's why fine. Are you talking? What do you, what do you why are you talking? Help the audience. What is my, What am I doing? Oh, okay. Is it this one? They've made so many turkeys <laughs> on this show. Oh God! From the editors of Cook's Illustrated magazine, it's America's Test Kitchen. Yeah. It's peaking with your host Christopher Kimball. Not anymore. Test Kitchen chefs Julia Collin Davis. Now a host. Richard Lancaster. Now the other Becky host. Hayes. Okay. This now, is... we've cooked so many turkeys over the years, and we've always been looking for the <laughs> Literally. same Literally. Moist, juicy meat, evenly cooked meat. You want the breast meat and the dark meat to cook at the same rate, and really crisp, well-rendered skin. Now, we've brined turkeys. We've salted them overnight. We've butterflied turkeys. Once they're in the oven, we've done acrobatics with them, wrestling with a whole turkey. It's a lot of work. What were you going to do this year? Oh, find this on my own time when I'm not panicked to get an audience an answer. Okay, why don't we pause? It's too late, guys. We're in it. This is the one. Oh, boy. I think. Oh, no. Is salt pork in here? Do I see salt pork? Bone in, pounds of tables, butter, butter, butter. Bay leaves. No, this isn't it. Okay. I don't know. Guys, look at last year's Thanksgiving episode of our podcast. I did it on there. If you could talk. I don't know what to say. Is there another email to read? Yes. There, then do that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Here's an email from Natalie. This is a response to Ashley, who wrote in feeling a bit deflated about being so far from family for you Thanksgiving. You have more Thanksgiving emails and you weren't reading any? Because you started playing videos. Guys, How was I supposed to talk over it? I, you can do it. Oh, no. Now she's knocking over water. Who asked us for this recipe, by the way? Daniela. Daniela, you have thrown us into a tizzy. It is a panic, and I don't know if we're going to get out. All right. This is from Natalie. Hmm. I deal with this yearly, sadly, as an expat living abroad with a non-American spouse in a country that is neither of our original home. It is particularly difficult. Thanksgiving was always a huge affair for me growing up, and now in my 10th year away from the States, I've started to cope a bit better, although now having a child brings back the desire for those busy food filled days our office is not closed so the day always feels like just another work day we are not in the u.s so not many celebrate obviously and my husband while supportive just doesn't really get the fuss now that our son is 22 months we are trying to instill some traditions similar to how we are raised but obviously have to make some major adjustments to our particular situation i found a place that always serves a thanksgiving dinner no it is nothing like home but everyone that goes there that evening is there to celebrate Thanksgiving, so I feel the camaraderie and we just enjoy the festive, albeit unorthodox, ambiance. As I need pumpkin pie every year, I like to make a few of those before and take to the office on the day of. I also leave one at home for when we come back from dinner to enjoy a slice of and can't wait for my son to have his first bite this year. My husband and I are both taking a half day so we can spend some thankful time with our son, and I've been reading him a couple of books about the holiday. 
While I would prefer to have a lovely home-cooked dinner and am more than capable of making one, it just isn't feasible for the three of us and most of our American friends can't slash don't take any time off work. So we've just decided this is how we will do it. Maybe after baby two arrives and gets older, we will change how we celebrate or perhaps try to have people over in the future. Living in a tight city living space, it is not all that practical to have a big group come celebrate. So my my recommendation of the caller, make it special for you and your family that is there. Acknowledge it is hard, but many go through it so you are not alone. Plus, you have your daughter and husband to make it special with. Find some small traditions that are just for you and can be part of your daughter's life. Hopefully, these can be little things that she will carry with her whenever, wherever she may end up on Thanksgiving's far into the future. Happy Thanksgiving from Singapore. Well, thank you, Natalie. Natalie, I double check. It is the recipe from season two, episode 13. Okay. Old-fashioned roast turkey with gravy. What do you need? You need a package of cheesecloth, four cups of water, a tablespoon of vegetable oil, Reserved turkey net and giblets. That's if you want to make the gravy. An onion, five cups of water, two cups low sodium chicken broth. A turkey, 12 to 14 pounds. One pound of salt pork, cut into quarter inch thick slices. Five sprigs of thyme. One bay leaf. Six tablespoons of all purpose flour. And salt and pepper, everybody. So, this is uh, this is the recipe. This is what I use. This is this recipe right here: old-fashioned roast turkey with gravy. Go to America's Test Kitchen. Type it in. Uh, I believe that it might be behind a paywall. So, <sighs> essentially, what you're doing is you're separating the skin. From the from the uh, breast and the thighs, you're putting the salt in there. There's a lot of it's a very hard recipe to convey verbally because it is so much of like you have to do this, you have to do this. You're separating the skin. Do this, but don't do that. Use the end of a wooden spoon, the handle of a wooden spoon, to separate the skin from the breast and the guys. Just look it up. Trust me, you're gonna thank me later. And if you really don't want to look it up, go back to last year's pre-Thanksgiving episode at the end of the episode I did the whole recipe okay <sighs> maybe I can go ahead and, and catch I don't know okay play just one. don't want to lay you down everybody play one last voicemail I don't like to let people okay. down hi Matt and Dory this is McCall from Salt Lake City I don't know if you remember me from the last time that I wrote in I was the Christmas Expo gal Yes, and very close to I casinos in Tahoe. I actually went to the Tahoe. Christmas Expo this last weekend, <laughs> and I meant to take pictures so that I could send it to you guys, but I forgot. So Ugh. maybe next year. What a tease! But it got me thinking that this time last year was when I got asked if I would donate eggs, and in my last email that I sent you guys, I told you about how I donated them to my husband's third cousin. And actually now the surrogate that they are using is 13 weeks nice. pregnant with a girl, which is what they wanted. So all very exciting. Thought I would give you guys and your listeners a little update. Also, I don't know if you remember this either, but I'm a nurse and I work in surgical services. And that, just get your damn gallbladder out. It's oh, actually okay. a same-day surgery. 
uh, it'll last like an hour and they can do it laparoscopically. So you only have like four half inch incisions and one's in your belly button. So you can't even really see it. Oh, I don't care about scars. I've got plenty. It's really not a big deal. And it's better than getting gallbladder attacks and feeling like shit all the time. Says you. Just get it out. It's not a big deal. And then Jory will feel better about it. And it'll just be better in the long run. Anyway, thought I would just give you guys a little update. Um, Love the podcast. Thank you guys for doing it. Listen to it every week. It's the best thing ever. Okay, bye. Thank you, McCall. Uh, really, I'm wishing that the uh, Christmas Expo would provide us with more photos. I agree. All right, everyone, that brings us to the end of our show. Matt did not have a panic attack. Well, TBD. Oh, boy. TBD. If you want to help us provide panic attacks to America, please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Uh, that's where you'll be able to get more bonus episodes. You got two more coming this month, everybody. If you're a supporter of the show, you get those extra episodes. And quite frankly, if you haven't had enough of us yet, come on over to Patreon. So just a few to thank as we wrap up this month of Patreon thanking. Sasha, a CPA. Satish Pillalamari. Shauna Mandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Susan Fisher. The Byersies. Tiffany Stevens. And Wendy Fick. There you go. Those are literally our favorite people in the world because they support the show. If you want to be one of our favorite people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure and get extra pods and feel good about it. Okay. Bye everyone. Have bye. a good have a good holiday. Turkey is hard to cook, but good luck. Bye. You know my recipe now. Season 13, episode 2. Guys, it was season 2, episode 13. Oh, no. That was close. (sighs) Okay, I had to re-record that. Goodbye.